What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm back. JNC's been holding down, but I'm back. So we're going to get cracking today. We're going to talk about the Lion King. We're going to talk about the OU game. I know you still want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. We're going to talk about the college football playoff committee. We're going to get into whether or not Will Greer makes it to New York. We're going to run down our seniors and give them our thanks. And we're going to finish up with our season review. We're going to talk about Dana, Spad, Gibby, offense, defense, special teams. Where are we? State of the state. Let's get it. I feel like Disney's been stupid. They've been spying on us. They've been watching what we're putting out. So we must be getting hot because, you know, I made the made the very bold declaration that Toy Story was significantly, or no, I shouldn't say significantly, but straight up, without question, Toy Story is the better movie for several reasons, as I've detailed in the past, than Lion King. So to redeem themselves, Lion King is coming out uh, with a new version what is your take? What did you think? I want to know what you thought when you saw the commercial, when you first saw the commercial. Look, look, the main thing is, first of all, when I first saw the commercial, I thought, dope, <laughs> like everything Lion King does. Second thing is, you feel like a little big in your britches. Look, they wasn't listening to you. Maybe they were listening to the show. But you know what they decided to do? They decided to make the greatest Disney movie ever into a live remake or a somewhat live remake what it looked like to be live remake that's all it was it had nothing to do with toy story because toy story's weak you ain't gonna see no woody allen and tom hanks doing buzz Lightyear and all no nah g it's lion king it's hi well, uh, yeah. well uh, I, I really hope they wouldn't replace tim allen with woody allen so i'm glad that you're, you're right i'm glad i'm glad that Glad you're not going to see that. Uh, also, you're right. It might be the greatest Disney movie ever, but it's not better than the Pixar movie. So you're right. Because when Toy Story does stuff, they do it right the first time. Okay? They do it right the first time. They might add to their legacy, but they do it right the first time. But you're right. I mean, if you got to remake it, you know, go ahead and remake it. Do what you got to do to get your, get your game up. Get your numbers up. Do what you got to do, Lion King. Do what you got to do. Women lie. Men lie. Numbers don't. Continue yeah. on. Continue on. King. But I, I got to tell you, James like what you said, when I saw it, King. When I saw it, when I saw it, yeah, they they got rid of Jonathan Taylor Thomas this time. Went a little, little did a little bit better this time. Okay. Uh, when I saw it, the moment I saw it, I was the same way. I mean, as soon as I saw it, because for me emotionally, Lion King's my favorite. I'm just not an emotional dude. I just try to keep it real. Um, and this movie looks real dope. It looks really, really good. Uh, the cast looks really, really good. Look, the look, look, technology look, is insane. It. You. Kim Webster, John Thornton, Pat McAfee, and all them other dudes who ain't never seen Lion King. Look, don't go see. All right, okay? Because only the realists, me, Mark Bolger, and the real mountaineers love Lion King. So don't try uh, to jump on the bandwagon. You, you forgot it's the other ones. You forgot the other. You forgot the other ones. Just you and Mark Bolger, huh? You forgot the other. Ones? <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I know you clearly did. But it's all good. It's all good. Uh, no, I think it's a. Gr- I think it's a really good movie. I think it's a good time to come out with it. Um, the movie's what twenty four years old. I think this one line came out in 1994, so it's 24 years old. Um, so the kids, you know, you see all these people tweeting out, 
this movie ain't keep your little kids at home. This movie for grown folks. <laughs> and then somebody was talking about some of the scenes gonna be a little bit different when they're not cartoon anymore. I know. Look, <laughs> so they said they gonna have. They said somebody said they showed a picture. Uh, so somebody showed a picture of CGI Simba. They said you gonna have this little dude. Uh, begging, Sim- big begging Mufasa to get up. <laughs> I was supposed to just make it through the movie. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I mean, I just love that they did it. I just, I got chills when I saw it, when I saw, you know, when they put the commercial on, the the music, everything. I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic. I'm so happy that Disney did this. I really hope it doesn't disappoint. Like, I don't hope they don't change uh, important things. I don't think they um, will. I don't think they will. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to think about Lion King. See if there's anything that was controversial that they might have changed. That they might change now because of the way the culture is, the way the climate is. But I can't think of anything to be honest with you. So I just hope I hope it's true to itself, and I hope the actors do as good a job as the originals did. Uh, I don't know. You're gonna have all these people telling us that it's not the original. That Lion King stole the story. Look, who cares? Nobody cares. Okay, all we care about is uh, what they put out. <laughs> what they put out is fantastic. As long as it's good. And so far, Disney just doesn't typically let you down. So hopefully, they don't let us down again. Y'all can say whatever you want about grown men talking about this. Everybody talking about this, okay? Everybody's talking about this. This is an event. I'm going to get dressed up, tuxedo possibly, to go see this, okay? That's right. And y'all can say That's what right. you want. Look, say I, what you want. I talked about people cheering during movies. Look, when Mufasa roars, <laughs> <laughs> when Simba gets back on Pride Rock and Roars, yeah, I might yeah. stand up and have a clap. I might. <laughs> I might. I might. And not be embarrassed. Not the least nope. bit embarrassed. Y'all feel how y'all want to feel. But tell us what you think. You guys excited for the new Lion King movie? Holla at your boys, RVK. And, by the way, we are brought to you, as always, by Swill Dog, the finest hard cider in all of the world. Get Swill. We're also, we're also brought to you by Sandwich U, the king of the fat sandwich, George Tanyos, Chris Neald, holding it down over there on 461 High Street. When you want to get fed, Sandwich U is the place. You can also find them at Mountaineer Field like we did this year. They closed up. They packed up because the season's over. But you can check them out. We're also brought to you by Shrinkables. Shrinkables. And we're brought to you by the finest automotive dealer in the entire state of West Virginia, Astro Autos. The man with the plan is Mr. Jamie Spears. When you want to be treated right and get exactly what you want, the right style and luxury, Astro Auto of Charleston. Check him out. Right, my voice. This is former WVU quarterback Chad Johnston, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Jeremy, it's time. We're just going, I mean, <laughs> got to do it. We've been doing it all week, all Twitter. I say all week. It's only Monday. It feels like it's been a week, right? Because the game was on Friday. Feels like forever. And we're, really we're recording here on Monday. It really does feel like it's been a week, but it's, it hasn't been. It's just been a few days. Twitter's still buzzing. WVU lost Twitter, as uh, Meg the Savage pointed out. It's a horrible place to be. Uh, coaching carousel with WVU lost Twitter is just completely unbearable, as Chris Hall, I think, pointed out. Um, but here we are. We were part of WVU loss Twitter because we experienced a loss 59-56 at the hands of Lincoln Riley, Kyler Murray, and the Oklahoma Sooners. Seven in a row now that we have lost to them. We have not beaten them since we've been in conference. It cost us a shot, or it cost us the regular season championship as well as a shot at the Big 12 Conference Championship game in Arlington, not in Dallas, um, down in Jerry's world. It was a very sad outcome. Um, if you guys want to blame somebody, you can blame me. It's the first home game I missed all year. First game since Charlotte that uh, was either in Morgantown or a neutral site that I missed all season. Oh, yes. And oh, yes. I, definitely, I, I definitely thought about that. I always think about all these home games. B. Fiend, Skyler, uh, Chris Hall, all singing arm in arm, country roads. Then I'm there. I'm representing. I'm on the field. And, of course, and, of course, 
no dub. Yeah, so, I mean, I was very sick. Uh, people would let you know I was very sick. Uh, you know I don't just miss games just to be missing games, but this one wasn't a bad one not to have to drive three hours home after. What was your take on it, Jay? Oh, man. Oh, man. I said last week was, was rough. This week, you know what? It was a different kind of rough because last week was rough because I feel like it was a game we should have won. This week was different because before, I told you last week, nobody has an answer for Kyle, Kyler Murray. This dude is off the chain. And yet, we had so many opportunities to win the game. Some of them, you know, the, the two turnovers that led to 14 points were on us. The 14 points, which we'll get into, that the refs took off the boards, were on them. Um, so, it was, it, was, it was a different game. I wasn't as upset. I wasn't as mad. But in the end, I called you right after the game. And in the end, it just... It's tough when it ends the same way that they all. I mean, like you can you can be mad about calls all you want. You can say the refs did this, refs did that, blah 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 blah. It's an L. It's an L, and and, and we're not going to the Big Twelve Championship, and and that stunk to drive two and a half hours uh, home after that. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. Is like I I, I think there, I and mean, like you said, we'll talk about it in a second. I think there are complaints that can be made, but without question, the Oklahoma State loss is much harder to swallow. I was almost furious after that game. Not at anybody in particular, but just that we lost. You're up 31-14. to 14. How do you lose that game? I didn't get to weigh in last week on the show, but how do you lose that game? I mean, that's the kind of game that you just can't lose. You can't lose. I mean, if you lose to Oklahoma, you're frustrated. But if you lose to Okie State, um, now, granted, Oklahoma State's been an enigma. They won games they had no business winning. They lost games they had no business losing. They almost beat Oklahoma, came down to a game that they should have won, but they blew. Um, we had no business losing that game to them. And that that's, you know, that's the one game to me that's unforgivable. Iowa State, I get it. Oklahoma, I get it. Stole one in Texas, but the Oklahoma State game, and that put us in a bad position because uh, it put us in a worse position than we had to be. But you got what you wanted. You got Oklahoma at home at night. They give us a night game on Friday um, for all the marbles to reach our goal that we've been trying to achieve for seven seasons. And we just didn't get it done. Whether it was you want to blame it on the offense because the offense gave 14 points up. I mean, directly, not like they put the defense in bad position. Direct scoop and score, 14 points. Or if you want to blame it on the defense because when we needed stops, we couldn't get them. Whether it was in fourth down in the red but zone. The, but the thing or, was, whether it was fourth down on the last drive, yeah, you know, we just... I feel like we had two turnovers on defense. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the defense played a great game. We only gave up 45 points as a defense. I know I'm saying 45 points. And people are saying, oh, 45 points. If you've watched Oklahoma, them dudes average... What what forty nine points a game or or something like that? Yeah, something like so, that. So so we so we held them to forty five points. Our offense actually outscored them. Those two turnovers were huge. But for me, it's just it's it, the biggest thing are them two turnovers and and the, them two calls. That that's the biggest thing that hurts. That hurts more than anything. And, and I, I want to say I don't think our defense played well, but they did just enough for us to win the game. We had two big turnovers. Kenny Robinson with a fumble recovery. That pickoff was great, too. Um, I felt like our defense did just enough for us to win the game if everything is even. Yeah, I agree. Now, I'll say this. I like the game plan. I thought I thought Spavs did a great job using the tight ends. I'm not one of those guys who gets caught up in what we do or how we do it because all I care about is wins. I don't care if we run an offense like we did with Skyler where we ran the ball all the time. I don't care if we go back and we're um, uh, an offense that just pounds the ball and maintains control and is like Army. I don't care if we're OU. I mean, that would be fantastic, but I don't, I don't care how we win games. I just want to win games. But I did like to see that a guy like Spav can make adjustments to what he calls and how he calls it. 
So I like yeah, that he's been yeah. using the tight end the way he did. Yeah. Wesco was fantastic. Will was on point. He wasn't perfect, but he was but he was really I, good. I guess what I was trying to say is going into this game, you knew that our defense was not going to shut them down. No, no, I'm just saying my perspective, because you're right. I agree with no, you. No, I'm not and, disagreeing and, with you. And I didn't I don't think I got it out right. We all knew Mountaineer Nation knew our defense wasn't going to shut them down. All we were hoping is that we could limit them. And that's what I said. I said 41 points. If we can hold them 41 points, we actually gave up 45 points on defense. So it's hard to blame the offense when they put up so many points. But coming into this game, like games are different. There's certain games you know that your defense is going to have to win. There's certain games you know your offense is going to have to win. This game was an offensive game that we knew we were going to have to win on offense. And our defense limited them, it's crazy to say this, but to 45 points. So I wasn't... I wasn't overly, like, you know, I didn't overly feel bad about what the defense did. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I, yeah. especially when you consider we're on our third string middle linebacker. And people, I was talking to RC. RC, straight up poo-pooing, is like, oh, I didn't know linebackers were like quarterbacks now. I'm like, no, they're not like quarterbacks. But they do make a difference when you lose a game by three points. Basically, one play could have made the difference. So you got a guy out there who is playing his heart out, but he's not Dylan Tonkery. He's not Brendan Ferns full strength and with seasoning. Um, he's not, you, you know, I just, I don't think people gave enough credence to how many injuries we had. I picked us to go 93 before the season for a reason. And it wasn't because I didn't think our offense was going to be one of the best in the country. It was because I didn't think we had the horses on defense because of the injuries preseason. Then Benton gets hurt the first game of the year. And, and our defense was built to contend with big 12 offenses. Um, it's not, so anyway, I just I wasn't upset with the defense. I wasn't upset with the offense. I, I we, you know, here's the thing that we skipped over the whole thing. Jeremy, if they don't call that pass interference on on Sills, yeah. If they don't call that call that no one, everybody, there are people no, getting no, no, mad no, no, at TJ no, no, Sims. No, 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 you're gonna go over that. Let's go one at a time because these are these are big things. The pass interference on Sills. Watch the game Sunday. Watch the rest of the game Saturday. I've never I've never seen them call a pick, especially like that. Well, oh, they, they did against uh, they did against no, with Notre Dame against Clemson. I remember very very clearly. Was it against Notre Dame or Clemson? Uh, I was against Clemson. No, because Notre Dame won the game. I think it was on the goal line. Whatever it was, it was a critical play call. It's very rare that they call that call. No, I I agree. I don't. I don't. The thing for me is that they didn't call the holding on David Long when it was very clear and obvious holding. The guy tackled him, um, and the announcers didn't even point it out. And I was okay with that because. All right, you're just gonna let him play. Yeah. Oh wait, we're not just letting them play. We're not because still because we're still at the crossing route. And the other thing that gets me about the crossing route was still J- Gary Jennings was going to be open regardless. That play didn't matter. So people look at us and say, "Well, still should have ran into him." Sills did not like the guy tackled him. You can see on replay and videos the guy wraps his arms around David Sills. Um. Anyway, so that 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 by itself. All I'm saying, the point I was making was you take one play and you make it different. And we win the game. Yeah. And nobody's talking about any of this. No one's suggesting we fire anybody like Twitter is currently doing for, for pretty much everybody on the staff. No, nobody's I suggesting. Warn him. I tried to warn him last week. I said, if we lose this game, if Kyler Murray goes off, he's went off a bit against everybody. Don't start screaming, fire everybody. Continue. But there are people who want Cliff Kingsbury over Jake Spavital, as if we didn't have a top ten, as if we didn't have a top ten offense all season long, despite the injuries we had on the offensive line. Hey, hey whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we ranked right now? Number 15 right. in the APs. Come on now. You want to fire a coach who's number 15 in the country? Number 15? Wait, you, you mean offense? I'm talking about SPAV right now. That, that That's what I'm talking about. Our team, oh, yeah. our team as a whole. Like, I know, but our offense put up a lot of points. 
I for me, I, I just I think what happened is people thought that our offense was going to be Oklahoma's. And Oklahoma didn't know their offense was going to be Oklahoma's. Well, because, our because offense outplayed Oklahoma's. Look at the t- look at the total stats in the game. Our offense outplayed well, Oklahoma's. No, no, I did. No, I didn't. Will Greer Jeremy, had five over. Uh, over Jeremy, four. go look. Go look how many plays Oklahoma ran. Their offense is so efficient; it's insane. No, it, it they is ran, insane. Jeremy, they ran. Jeremy, we, they ran about half the plays we ran. I'm Jeremy. saying we had more yards and a whole lot of points. You can't complain about the offense when you watch that game. You can't complain about the offense when you watch the Oklahoma. I mean, granted, the second half wasn't great, but they put over up over forty one points. That's my yeah. problem. That's my issue. You know, I I agree. I'm just saying. Anyway, I, I just I just uh, I think what happened is. Anyway, I, I was okay. I, I really was. I was okay with the game. I was disappointed we lost. I, I really was. I was. I hated that we lost. I was angry that I, that we lost. It hurt that we lost. And when I got over it, I was okay. It wasn't a far-fetched idea. I didn't think we had superior talent. I didn't think that, you know, we weren't favored to win the game. Losing the game was frustrating. We had a chance to win it, and I felt like it was taken from us. Yes, um, yes. And I also felt like um, we could have done things differently to give ourselves yeah. to, to put ourselves in a position to win. But you can't expect people to be perfect. So people are trying to kill Will Greer when he threw for over 500 yards, had five total touchdowns. You, you can't complain about a guy who does that, has that kind of performance. Like somebody said, he's just trying to do everything he can to win the game. And I compared it to me for, for me, for to Brett Favre. You can't be a Brett Favre fan only when he throws touchdowns and makes heroic plays. Like and then you're not his fan when he leads the he has a career lead for interceptions in the NFL. When you look at Will Greer, Will Greer is so efficient. He's a really good quarterback, but he does turn the ball over. And part of the reason he turns the ball over is the same reason we love him, because he puts himself in a position to make special plays that other quarterbacks don't or can't. And so what happens is sometimes you're going to have mistakes. And those mistakes happen to be capitalized on arguably the worst defense in the in the Power Five. What, well, no, UConn. Well, no, yeah, Power Five. Um, and that's going to happen. It just is. Uh, you don't expect it to happen, but that's the way the cookie crumbled. We needed that kind of stuff to happen for us, and we got one taken away. I didn't think initially that the punt return was a fumble. Uh, watching it recently, I've changed my mind. That was a fumble. I understand that if you called him down during the game, you can't call it a fumble. At, when you review it, it was too close. My problem is, why do you blow the whistle so fast? No, they always – on, on, on fumbles, why do you blow the whistle so here's fast? Here's my thing. I'm not trying to be a poor sport or, like, to blame anybody else. But we are. Say, but, we curr- but we currently are. No, we currently no, are it's poor not a poor sport. We call it what it is. Like, when, when things happen, I don't blame – like, especially you. Actually, I'm going to be. I'm gonna give you some credit. Especially you. You don't sit here and say, oh, it's somebody else's fault when it's not. In this game – Here's the thing. You can say what you want about the pick play, pass interference, whatever. They didn't call. You can say what you want about them block, uh, homeboy TJ Simmons blocking out of bounds. Okay, maybe they get away with one. But where you are dead in the water is when the dude straight up uh, uh, targets, hits our guy, Sims, dead in the ear hole, and you don't review it, and you don't throw him out. When that doesn't happen, like I said, that was the very definition of targeting. And the fact that he didn't get thrown out is something that set the stage for the entire game. But I will say, we knew this was coming. When we didn't hold up our end of the bargain against Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, in this game, we knew the Big 12 refs were going to want a representative from the Big 12 to be in the college football final. Therefore, we forfeited any benefit of the doubt when we lost to Oklahoma State. Should it be that way? Absolutely not. Does it work that way? 100%. In the game that we won't talk about ever, our team got every call. 
and we still Jeez. lost, but we got every call because they wanted us to represent the conference in the national championship game. So in this game, we knew it was coming, and because we didn't handle business the week before, we didn't get the calls this week. Does it make it all right? No. Is it okay? No. Do I hate the Big 12? Of course. But I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, I saw it coming too. I was ready for it. Um, the thing, if we're going to talk about TJ Simmons, let's get to TJ Simmons. My problem with the TJ Simmons play is TJ Simmons did exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah. People say you got to be smarter than that. TJ Simmons has been doing that all year. This video out clearly, we did it against TCU. Uh, no penalty called. Have you ever, Jeremy, Pee Wee to junior high, high school, college pro, have you ever in your 32 years of watching football ever seen that call made? Ever? Never, ever. Ever, ever. And I, I, I've not heard anybody who's heard that call. Unbiased reporters who had no dog in the fight said the same thing. They've never heard that call. And the reason that's a big deal is because we go from being in the red zone and on the five-yard line or inside the five-yard line to a turnover just a few plays later. Um, from punching it in from the goal line to turn the ball over, scoop and score, going the other way. It's a 14-point swing. Um, and... People are mad because, and I think what happened is people got mad, not just because they made the call, but then they looked at it and thought TJ Simmons shouldn't have been blocking still because they haven't seen anybody block like that. Well, he blocks like a man. But then he flexed on him when the ref was calling it, and people really got upset when they saw him flexing. Will Greer was flexing. They do that flexing. That's not a normal That's a normal thing for them. It's a celebration they do to show we're about okay. business. We okay. want okay. our guys to be tough. That. What about you hitting somebody in the ear hole with that with the crown of your helmet? That, that's yeah. what I'm and, saying. And, that's and what's unspeakable. And not just hitting them with the crown of the helmet, but they had time to review it. It wasn't like we hurried up and snapped the ball. Yeah. Marcus Sims was concussed. There was a TV timeout, I believe. There was plenty of time to go back and review and see that that was a penalty. They didn't call it. But then you're going to call TJ Simmons blocking the guy out of bounds. I heard the announcers try to say, didn't Sim Simmons tackle the defensive back? No, the defensive back tackled Simmons earlier in the game in a, uh, away from the ball. And they didn't call it then. They tried to make it like it was Simmons' fault. It wasn't. And then we had then we had Mountaineer fans who were going after Simmons, Jeremy. Did you see that guy on Twitter who challenged Simmons to a fight? He said, Tony, I think he said, Tony and uh, TJ, uh, I want your addresses right now or your location right now. Please, I hope they do. You saw, you, saw, you, saw, you saw what Simmons wrote? I hope wrote? they do. But you know you saw what Simmons wrote? <laughs> I didn't see it. Jeremy, no, Jeremy it's, like a, it's like a five foot seven, 130 pound frat boy. Like and Simmons wrote, Simmons quoted the tweet, wrote, pull up then. Pull up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you know, come Meet on. Like somebody, and, then, and then, sm and then smoke, Smoking Musket very uh, astutely pointed out. Uh, so you're complaining because he blocked a Division One football player out of existence, and now you want to fight him? You want to challenge him to a physical yeah, altercation? Yeah. People are ridiculous. People who want to fight him are ridiculous. People who are upset with him, I can see why you would think so. But just stop for a second and think about it. In your 30, 40, 50 years of watching football, have you ever heard that penalty called at any level of football? Ever? And the answer is going to be no. You've never heard it called. I've never seen it. I've never heard it. Suddenly we have it called. What? Where? Why? You know, but... So but let's that, give, that's my big. But let's give my, credit. Let's give credit. Uh, Oklahoma uh, is outrageous. They're all Dana is said number five and number one. Kyler Murray and and uh, homeboy Brown Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood Brown. Brown. What are you supposed to do? What are you no, supposed no, to do? Yeah, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, Dana. Dana. Dana has this habit of, in my opinion, giving too much credit too much. to players from much. other teams, and he says stuff that's not true. Like he said that. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm calling him out, Dana. I'm calling you out. He said he tried to say that. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Uh, Singfield was the quick, twitchiest player he's ever coached. No, he's not, because you coached Tavon Austin. Okay, I saw yeah, them both play. 
and Mark and Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray are not the quickest players you've ever seen because you coach Tavon Austin. It's true, it's true. But they <laughs> After are. That, but they yeah, are they're ridiculous. ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They're pro. Kyler Murray is Bo Jackson. He's a professional football player and he could, a baseball player and he could be a professional football player. I don't know what level or what position they put him at, but he's too. He's just too physically gifted. And people want to say, thing, "How did you?" No, no. Funniest thing that you ever said. You said it to me during game day. They said, "What can't Kyler Murray do?" Uh, reach the top shelf, dude. I dude. can't. T- I can't take credit for that. That's somebody else on Twitter. I just retweeted it. That's dude, hilarious. So tiny. He's tiny. I said. I said. That's what I tweeted. I've never been so afraid of a five foot four baseball player uh, with a football in his hand in my life. Uh, but he just. And how did you feel, Jeremy, about the fourth down where we didn't blitz Kyler? And we and the game went. The game went for them. It's tough because you blitz, he gets away. I feel like the linebacker played back a little too much. But it's like, how do you second guess it? Like. You're playing this guy who is magic on offense. So for me, if we blitz everybody, he goes around everybody saying, how do you blitz him? Why don't you just yep, make him pass? Yep, yep. No matter what you do, he's Kyler yep. Murray. He's Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's how I feel. People, I, The thing is, you, you would have the same percentage of people that are complaining. They wouldn't be the same people because there's some people who have different mindsets. But you'd have the same percentage of people complaining about Gibby blitzing, saying the first touchdown of the game was a 60-yard touchdown run because you blitzed David Long and you blitzed somebody else. We blitzed him, he beat it. We dropped back, he beat it. Everything we did, he beat. Every team this year, everything they did, he beat. They only punted the ball 26 times all year going into the game. That's 11 games. That's less than three times a game they punted the ball all year coming into that game. Nothing works. No, that's what all, 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 all you couch coaches, all you couch coaches, Jeremy told you before this even started on the podcast, week? nothing works. What are you going to do? Their offense is historically good. Like, literally, no offense has ever had as many yards per play as their offense. Nobody scored as many points per play as their offense. You know what's going to happen? In the history of college football. For everybody who's bad, who says we need a new defensive coordinator, you know what they're going to do next week to Texas? I'm not saying they're going to win. They're going to score 50 points. Do you know what they're going to do if they make it to the college playoffs against whoever team they play? They're going to score 50 points. They are going to score points. They scored. They scored. They scored forty-five on Georgia, who should have won the national championship last year. Uh, do you think Georgia? Georgia fired their defensive coordinator? No. And people, people are just ridiculous. Like they don't remember very simple things. And the next day, you saw the number one defense in the nation, the number one you defense too. in the nation in Michigan, the number one defense, not through one game, not through two games, not through three games, through eleven games, the number one defense in the nation, Power Five team, Michigan, gave up sixty-two to their rival. The rival they haven't beaten. We gave up forty-five. We our defense gave up forty-five. They scored 59, but 14 of those are directly on the offense. The, the number one defense in the country gave up 62 to their rival, who they haven't beaten in six straight years. They were hungry. All they had to do was win. They had the same stakes as us. They win. They win the regular season championship, and they go to the conference championship. And even better for them is they were punching their ticket to the college football playoff or, or pushing themselves forward for it, and they couldn't keep them from scoring 62 points because offense is king. It's here to stay. The you saw do, the Rams. do you want LSU's defense? LSU's defense has been talking about they were, LSU's been ranked so high, not because of their offense, not because Joey Burrow, shout out to Joey Burrow, Athens kid, not shout because of Joey Burrow, but because of their defense. They gave up 70, what, six points? 72 points? So, so, over 70 like points. Doesn't matter. Over. I know it was seven overtimes, but your defense couldn't get them off in overtime? That's the point. That's the point. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. People are like, well, they started the 25-yard line. Okay, it's a smaller field, smaller window. You should be able to stop them. You couldn't because offense is king, and it's not going away. This is the new normal. And, and I mean, like people say, people Rams, say, why don't we go Chiefs. to – Rams, Chiefs. Yeah, people say, why don't we go to a 4-2-5? We scored 47 on the 4-2-5 this year, and we didn't even have an offense as good as Oklahoma's. We scored 47 on them, Okay. 
Stop it. The 425 got lit up last year in the Big 12 championship game. It got lit up during the regular season. Uh, stop it. There, there's, I'm not telling you that there aren't changes or adjustments need, need to be made. So I'll be honest. Everybody calls Gibby homers, and we don't ever say anything bad about Gibby. I love Gibby, and I think he should stay. I think he's an excellent coach. I don't have any problem with 335 even. I think injuries were the biggest issue we had this year. But you know another big issue we had, Jeremy, and it's a problem. The reason I'm pointing this out is because it's not new. This has been a problem for us. You know what it is? What is it? Open field tackling. Oh, man, man. Against Oklahoma, it really was a problem. No, it was not just Oklahoma. It's been all season, especially in the secondary, primarily in the secondary. Our corners and safeties do not make plays in space. And even the good ones, even the ones who make it pro, we have historically not tackled well in space. Now, granted, the the talent in, in uh, the Big 12 makes you miss tackles. Our guys make you miss tackles. But some of the breakdowns, the angles – um, sometimes we go up and we just try to make big hits. We don't wrap up. And look, and, um, and, and that's, that's, that's what I'll give you. That's something that has to change. It's no, got to be improved. And I'm not, saying, and, I'm not trying to say Gibby's above criticism. I will say not. at six out of 11 games, we held the other team under 320 yards. Get that right. Six out of 11 games, over half of our games, we held the other offense under 320 yards. Six games out of 11 games, we had multiple turnovers, at least two per game. So that's you know big what, time. That do you know what our defensive? Do you know what our defensive efficiency was? What was it? Now, defensive efficiency—it's like offensive efficiency. It, it accounts for your strength of schedule. It accounts for it counts for everything. Number thirty-six. Okay. Number thirty-six. So everybody's, not, everybody's going through the numbers, talking about saying we're seventy-fifth in total defense. Guess what? I don't care about. I do not care about total defense. I don't care about how many yards you give up. I don't care how many yards you gain. I care about how many points you score and how many points you allow because that's all that matters. So when it comes to the real numbers, the numbers we should be looking at, efficiency is the kind of number you need to look at because it, it ca- accounts for the scoring. The scoring is what matters. And people don't get that. They're like, well, I don't care. Look how good Michigan's total defense was. Nobody cares about total defense. We care about how good you really are, and the points are what matter, and the defense wasn't as bad as it appeared. However, however, yes, when it mattered, the second half of Oklahoma State, the offense didn't help us. But the defense did not get it six, done. We gave up 604 yards to Oklahoma State, 668 yards to Oklahoma. We gave up 520 to Oklahoma uh, to Texas. That's three of the last four games. So there's something yeah. to be said. It, it really there's is. Something. And what it says to me, you know what it says to me? What? Three of the last four games? It says you lack depth because of injuries, so your guys got tired. And so when it's time to make plays, like in the second half, your guys are tired. I mean, I mean that's part of it, but early on, I mean, if we go back, Iowa like State four ninety eight, Texas Tech like, four sixty three. I just feel like there's certain games. I, I, you know, I love the man from Van. I love the man from Van, but we do need to make adjustments. That's, that's we've got we've got to make adjustments, and he and I think he will because he every year that he was here for his first four seasons, I believe the defense improved every single year in its rankings every single year until last year. Uh, this year, I haven't compared the numbers between the, you know, the, the other seasons, but the other thing that improved was the strength of the offenses we played. All those rankings increased as well. Uh, last year was the first step back that we had. So something's got to change. Um, and I guess we're kind of getting into like reviewing the season, but I mean, if we're going to review the season, Jeremy, how do you feel about Dana staying as head coach? For me, I, I think it's absurd for anybody saying he needs to go. Here's the thing. We're number 15. We're number 15 in the country. Look, learn lessons from other teams who have fired coaches that they weren't happy with. Then all of a sudden they had 10 years of down years. 
Dana's doing a good job. He's recruiting. Right now, he's bringing in big-time recruits. It's coming in offensively and defensively. Give him time. Let him develop it. Let him get it real. Because right now, if you fire Dana, you're going to take coordinators. You're going you're gonna to take all kinds of stuff from this team, and we're going to be on a reset for the next five years, at least at least next three well, or four years. I, I'll say this. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you might land the next Matt Campbell, and if you land the next Matt Campbell, then none of this matters, and you're good. You just don't know if you're going to land the next Matt Campbell or if you're going to end up like Florida State. Who now, Florida State, didn't fire, Florida State Amen. didn't fire Jimbo, but look what happened. They were terrible with Jimbo. Then they get Willie Tagger. He's even worse. Um, yeah. you look at, you look at Tennessee, Tennessee hasn't been good in 20 years. What happened 20 years ago? They fired Philip Fulmer after he won a national championship, um, because he wasn't good enough anymore to them. And they, they didn't, they forgot themselves. They forgot who they really are. And they started thinking that they were something they're not. Um, and they paid for their sins ever since. And it's been a coaching carousel essentially down there ever since. Uh, I look at uh, another team. You look at Oregon losing Chip Kelly. Where's Oregon yep. now? Yep. Amen. How many coaches? Uh, you look at Kansas. Kansas to me is the best one. You look at what happened when they had Mark Mangino. They fired Mark Mangino. Now, granted, it was off the field yeah, stuff. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking I'm just about saying, why. I got you. I got yes. you. He left. Uh, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about why. Gotcha. All I'm saying is when you have a coaching change, what you said happens. You have a reset. You have a new coach, new philosophy. Um, they, these coaches build relationships with uh, JUCOs, with with high schools, with their staffs, and and it's it's with the communities. It's more than just the guy calling the plays on the sideline. You don't realize how big of a a change it is. If you're at Ohio State, you can get away with it probably. And even they suffered through having a coaching change. If you're at Alabama, if you get the right guy, you know, if you get the right guy, it's okay. If you don't get the right guy, you end up like Nebraska when they fired Bo Pelini because nine wins wasn't good enough. Eight wins wasn't good enough. We want to be what we were in the 70s. We'll get newsflash. Nebraska will never be what they were in the 70s. It's over. It's over, Nebraska. Pete Carroll leaves. Never the same. USC. Yep. Yeah, and and you might sit here and tell me, and, and that's that, USC. That's that's we yeah. get everybody we want. Almost other than Alabama, Ohio State, we get pretty much everybody. Well, but we but want. USC, USC has all the money in the world. Yep. They've they've got the perfect location in LA with the weather. They're in a state that can recruit whatever they want. They've got the history. They got the tradition. They got the respect from the media, and they stink. They absolutely stink. So people don't understand the, how big of a turnover it is. When you get a guy like Dana who's bought in, who's plugged into the community, it took him a while to understand exactly where he was and what it, and how to be what we needed. But look, I think he's doing a good job. We're one play away from winning the Big 12 championship. So to me, the head guy definitely stays. What do you think about the offensive coordinator? I feel like you look at the stats. This is his second year here, and I feel like he's progressed. This, from last year to this year, he has 100% progressed. Then plays, I'll say, oh, third and short, you need to come up with a play. Um, he's Don't get me wrong, we've had a couple lapses, a couple halves where we haven't finished games. Jake's path has progressed from first year to second year. You know what he's going to do next year? Progress. Give him time. Give him the the ability to go out there and call plays and, and the continuity of the coaching staff. Let it happen because, like I said, we are number fifteen. We're not number thirty five. We're not number forty five. Do you know? Do you, you're saying that overall we are ranked by the AP fifteen, sixteen in the coaches' poll. You know what our offensive efficiency was? What was it? Not not opinions, not yards. The efficiency based on scoring, based on strength of schedule, number six in the nation. What are you going to say? How do you fire? How do you fire an offensive coordinator who's number six in the nation? There means there's only five guys that were better than him this year. You're going to hire one of those five guys? Yeah. <laughs> Jake yeah. Pavano made four hundred fifty thousand dollars last year. That's a hundred twenty third. Uh, no, sorry, hundred thirty ninth. Last year was hundred thirty ninth amongst coordinators. So who are you going to find 
who's 139th paid, who finishes sixth in the nation. And people will look and Drop say, well, it's it all the, they'll say it's all the talent in the world. You guys, our, as good as our team was, our running backs weren't the best running backs in the in the conference. They were good. They were definitely good. They were really good. Yeah. But they were better. They were better than uh, Justice um, Justice Hill. Uh, Hill. Justice Hill. Or and they were better than David Montgomery. And they weren't better than Puka. I mean, and and I'm not saying that to put them down. I'm saying that to say we 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 had really good receivers and we had a great quarterback. Um, but we were A pluses everywhere across the board. Our offensive line, especially the right side, wasn't A plus across the board. They were good. The offensive line wasn't terrible, but they weren't great. Um, and a lot of it had to do with injury too, and shuffling things around, trying to figure it out. But how are you going to fire a guy who's number six in, in offensive efficiency? And the thing is, here's what I know. We'll, let's skip it. I'll tell you this when we get done with Gibby. Should Gibby be fired, Jay? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I think that. His seat should be warming up a little bit, like I said. Yes, yes, six, it should. Six of 11 games, he held the other team under 320 yards. Six games of multiple turnovers. But in the big games, in the Texas Techs of the world, in the Iowa States of the world, in the Texas, Oklahoma States, and Oklahomas of the world, those five huge games, our defense came up very short. And it was very apparent and it was very obvious. Um, so, I love the man for Van. I love Tony G. But we have we have to get better. We one hundred percent have to get better. And if we can't get better next year, we have to make a change. I don't feel like I love him, and 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 I feel like he's doing a good job. But there's some big, you know, there's some big flaws that that, that are apparent. That hopefully we can we can change and adjust for next year. Like I said already, he was thirty six defensive efficiency. That's a good mark for him. Tony Gibson is compensated well. Last year, he made $850,000. That's 23rd for coordinators in the entire nation. You think you got two offensive and defense, you got an offensive and defensive coordinator for each team. So, you know, that puts you way up there on the list. Um, uh, you know, that's a pretty good rank, especially for West Virginia. Um, so you, I, I'm okay with more heat going his way, especially since the defense doesn't do as well. But the days of shutouts are gone. Somebody sure. said we need to bring, yep. somebody said we need to bring back Steve Dunlap. Uh, guys, it's not it's not it's not 1996 anymore. And we're not in the Big Ten, okay? <laughs> we're not in the Big East. You know, like we're just, it's just not the same anymore. These offenses are not. You're not gonna see people shut anyone down. Gary Patterson, as good as he is, like I said, we scored 47 on him. So my point is, Tony's got to get better where I where I think, and that's fundamental skills. It's um, taking better angles, making better tackles, especially in the secondary. Those things I, I think need to be fixed. And, I, and I'm okay with people saying that. But I think you do need to account for the injuries. And I don't think people give enough credit to the amount of injuries we had. This team is not – we're not Alabama. We're not Ohio State. We're not Clemson. We cannot afford the amount of injuries we had. And I don't think we people had, give – I don't think the media and people outside of West Virginia, even inside West Virginia, has given enough credence to that. No, people in West Virginia – like, like Jed Drenning – who knows stats better than anybody, who knows his team as well as anybody, said we that for most of the season we were missing six of our seven best linebackers. So RC, again, RC kept saying, yeah, but you have David Long, you have David Long. That's one linebacker. We want a 3-3-5. So that's one-third. So two-thirds of your best linebackers are gone just from the starters, okay? Forget the depth. Just go starters. Two-thirds of them are gone, and suddenly we should produce the same way. So that's how I feel about that. I, I'm okay with people saying what they want to say about Gibby. He's, he's a tough man. He's a grown man. He, uh, he doesn't need us to stand up for him. Uh, I just don't agree. I think he should stay. Again, I think continuity is important. I think having a guy who's from this state who's been here, I think that matters too. Um, but if those things don't change, 
Um, the tackling, especially if those things will change. Now we did get turnovers. Like we said, we were second in the yes, conference in turnovers yes. this year. And that's really big. We got a red zone turnover against Oklahoma. Technically we forced three turnovers. They only gave us two. Um, so, you know, that was better this year than it has been for sure. Um, I felt like special teams was pretty good this year. I thought we did a pretty good job. Solid, of special teams. The coverage, around, yes. co- coverage yep. was excellent. Yep. Um, uh, and again, something people don't pay much attention to. It doesn't seem like a big deal until you're giving up a bunch and then everybody wants to talk about it. I think everybody should come back. Um, I was concerned about the offensive line. But again, I, I, you know, I think they made the... We're going to see a lot in the bowl game. Um, and speaking of the bowl game, do you think Will plays in that bowl game? Um, You know, I, honestly, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't be mad if, if he doesn't. And if he does, it, it'll be great because I want to get to nine wins. I want it to look better for our team. I want to go into next year with, with you know, a spearhead and, you know, a win and for us to, you know, just go for next year. But if he doesn't, I'm not going to be mad at him. One hundred, I completely agree. And the other thing I'll add to that is if he doesn't play, I will be excited to see Jack Allison because that's our future. Um, is Jack Allison or Trey Lowe right now? Jack Allison just has more experience. Um, and he was a four-star recruit. He's a big kid. Uh, he's not real thick, but he's tall, um, long arms. And we saw him hold that release, hold that, uh, <laughs> hold the follow through on that touchdown throw. He's, he's got a little moxie about him. Um, yeah, the kid can play. Uh, they talk about whether or not he can read a defense. We'll see. And that's something I would like to see in a bowl game, especially against a team like Syracuse. I'm tired of losing them. We lost them three times in a row. And if we get Pitt, I would love to have a backyard brawl. Man, I, all, I, I miss all, having the backyard brawl. It's the only saving thing of the season. If we play Pitt, oh my, if we play Pitt, I'll be so yeah, pumped. Yeah, I would love it. So, uh, And I would love for these seniors to go out with a win. Um, you know, Speaking of seniors, we want to thank the seniors. We, we talked about it. You look at um, you know the guys we had. This Dana said that this that this senior class changed West Virginia. And I, and I would agree with them. People look at the win totals. They don't look at the culture change. And I feel like the culture change, you could see the camaraderie on this team. You could see um, just basically how this team loved each other and they loved and embraced this state. Um, and I just don't see how you can't respect it. And you look at a guy primarily to me, the best person as an example for that is William Crest. William Crest came in as a four-star recruit. Crest Virginia. We, we called him Crest Virginia. We thought he was the heir apparent, and he wasn't. He wasn't able to, to maintain that. He transferred. He came back just like David Sills, um, and he was the hardest working guy. He was the camaraderie guy. He was the guy who cared about his teammates, who cared about this university, who cared about making people around him better, supporting the people who were out there playing. Even when he didn't get his time to shine, it wasn't about him. And I, I respect it, and I'll respect it forever. The people who were there, Antonio uh, or Anthony Del Percio will tell you, uh, <laughs> talk nice to me. That's the first thing he'll tell you. The second thing he'll tell you is that they were, these seniors were better off the field than they were on the field, and they were pretty special on the field. But we got David Sills, Will Greer, Trevon Wesco, a West Virginia kid, Muscleman product, Drayvon Henry, Drayvon Askew Henry right. from Alquippa. You got Jabril Robinson, Big Brill, Ezekiel Rose. You got Billy Kinney, the punter. Uh, Morgantown, uh, West Virginia product. Dominic Maiden, Toyus Avery. Maiden, Maiden, play, Maiden making plays, man. Making plays, Maiden making plays. Gary Jennings, Big Yadi Kajus, going to see that guy in the league. Kenny Bigelow, William Crest, as we mentioned. Um, those guys go out. They finish their career at Mountaineer Field, but they, we do have one more, and I'd love to see them go out with a win because, like I said, they changed the culture. And you could tell Bigelow from the, from the first play of the season made his presence felt. Um, they didn't think they were too big or too good. They embraced who we are, uh, and we embraced them as well. And so we just want to give them a shout and give them a holler. 
uh, give them just our respect and our, and our gratitude. And shout out um, to any senior we may have missed in, in that. Um, so, yeah. And I just, you know, I, I hope that the guys who come behind them will, will learn from that and will repeat that. Another thing is none of these guys that I can remember, none of these guys got in trouble. You know what I mean? These guys kept their nose clean. That's another important thing sure. as far as being ambassadors. Um, they, they seem to work hard in the classroom and, and did well. And, you know, especially Will, especially when you look at Will, um, being married and having a kid, you know, you got to respect it. So appreciate you guys. And, uh, we'll move on. Uh, we just basically did a big run on sentence because we were supposed to break those up in the segments and we didn't. We got going. So that's that. So now we're going to talk to you guys about the college football playoff. Right, big boys. Astor Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. College football playoff time. We usually don't do a whole lot of this, but there's no just quit. There's no why we hate. So we're going to talk about the college football playoff. How are you, Jay? What do you say? One through four. We'll talk about that in a second. Right now, I want to tell you guys, we are brought to you by the makers of Swilled Dog. That's right. We're encouraging you to get swilled, but of course, do it responsibly. They are the finest hard cider in all of the world. And of course, they come to you from West Virginia by people who were born and raised in West Virginia. But it's going to expand worldwide. Watch and see. Watch and see. Get swilled. Uh, and also, we're brought to you by Shrinkables. Shrinkables. The King of the Fat Sandwich, located on 461 High Street, Sandwich U, Sandwich University, George Taylors, and Chris Neal, big truck Neal in the building. Respect to those guys, they're doing it big, and uh, we love their support. We're also brought to you by Astork Auto. You heard their commercial. If you haven't, you will. They're the finest automotive dealer in all of West Virginia, the man with the plan, Mr. Jamie Spears, and now... We can tell you who we think should be number four in the college football playoff. But, but, to but, me, but, it's but, a but, lot. Hey, don't forget Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and soon to be world traveler. I got you, Jim. I got you, He's Jim. All, Jim is already an international traveler, having been to Canada, Canada, as Michael Scott would say, and uh, gave us a little bit of that. And he's going to be going to Australia. So, yeah, shout out to Jim Ashley. Love his support. DJ Mykusi. Uh, who else? I think I'm saying your name right. I mean, I'm just reading it, so I think I'm saying it right. Uh, and there's several others who are support, supporting us, Anchor, and we're so grateful for everybody who does. But one through four, who, to me, is real simple. Bama wins, they're in. If Bama loses, even if Bama, to me, loses. Bama wins, Bama loses, Bama's in. Roll Bama's time. in. <laughs> Bama's in, uh, and nobody's beating them. Uh, number two to me is simple. Clemson's in. Clemson's in. Pitt is not beating them again. They're not going to forget what Pitt did to them. And Dabo's mad. He said, if 12-0 is not good for, enough for you, then maybe I need to go look elsewhere. He said that on a conference call, and he said, make sure you get that. So it's not just us. All fans are unreasonable. Look, look, look Brady, you said it first. <laughs> you said it first, and I'm going to agree. Love me some Dabo, man. I love Dabo. GBDO. No, no. No, no. What? What? I got it wrong. I got it very wrong. It's the wrong orange. It's the wrong orange. It's a wrong orange. Uh, but, yeah, no, I love Dabo. I play for him any day. I want my kid to play for him any day. I love I love Dabo. He's infectious. Oh, no, no, I just remembered. BYOG. That's what it is. BYOG. BYOG. 
Yeah, GBDO. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we were done with that week one, before week one. But anyway, uh, number three, uh, Notre Dame's in. They got Notre away, with not, ha- they got away with not having a conference championship game. They got away with playing a weak ACC schedule, save for Michigan, who obviously no, is not that great. I've heard, I've heard people complain about Notre Dame. The way I feel is they went all over the country playing. Granted, some of these and teams they, and weren't. They, no, they played a Power 5 schedule. They play a Power 5 schedule. Their schedule should have been better. And maybe they it wasn't as good as what it should have been. Here's the bottom line. They won every game. So, like, if you had four team, five teams that were undefeated right now, I would say, okay, oh, Notre Dame's not in. You know what? There aren't five teams undefeated. There are three teams that are undefeated. And there are three teams that went their entire 12-game schedule and went undefeated. Notre Dame's in. I don't have Notre a problem Dame's- with it. I don't, I don't either. I, I have a problem with it because I hate Notre Dame. But besides that, there's no, there's no, there's no intellectual problem yeah. with it. No, they neither. earned it. My heart they hates them, but my head says respect. And I got nothing but respect for them. And I congratulate my friend Nick DiCarlo. Shout out to Nick DiCarlo, and shout uh, to all those Irish fans out there. AJ Carrick, shout out to you. Uh, nope. I hate your team, but respect to y'all. Uh, and then number four is the real question: Who's number four, Jay? For me, it's not a question. Now it can be a question because they try to drum up uh, like drum up drama for this thing for the college football show. Hey, I get it. Hey, let's make some drama. Who knows? Uh, uh, Ohio State, Oklahoma. We don't know. Let's make an argument. In the truth, though, there there is no argument, and even they don't see an argument in it. You know, me, you me prove it to you. Ohio State beat Michigan, who was what number three, number four, number four. Oklahoma beat a team that wasn't as high. Thirteen this, West Virginia. 13 West Virginia. This week, Oklahoma comes in higher than Ohio State. That's funny to me, though. The committee committee. clearly clearly showed who they think is better. So next week, when Oklahoma plays Texas, who is way higher ranked than Northwestern, if they win, you've already shown who you thought. Because if Ohio State was going to jump Oklahoma, they'd have done it this week. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. The other thing that's funny about that is, People are upset because Georgia's number four. They're saying they're trying to get two SEC teams. And no, they're not. They're trying to make you mad and argue on Twitter. And guess what it, guess what it did? It made you mad and you argued on Twitter. And you argued on Facebook. And you argued anywhere people would, would let you open your mouth and argue. But the committee... I told people this before the first... No, no, you remember no, but, my but the other thing is, but the other thing is this. Who do you think is better than Georgia? Now, Georgia's Georgia going to lose... Georgia's going to lose... No. Georgia's going to lose Alabama. Granted. But right now, you will take, you, Jeremy, you will take uh, uh, Ohio State over Georgia... Who has Georgia beaten, Jeremy? Who's their best win? That's a good question. Who's their best win? Because good we want to get them credit for Miami and LSU, and we see those wins are garbage. Auburn, what? What's their best win? No, nah, but when you play and then, LSU, and then, Auburn, and November, and then, teams yeah, with big time whoa, whoa, talent. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You play who? LSU, Auburn? No, Jeremy. That's my thing. Is we're giving them credit. Hold up, but, but oh, no, no, no. But here's the thing. Fine, you want to discredit Georgia. You, what are you going to say about Ohio State? No, no, uh, Jeremy. Ohio, Michigan's better. Michigan's better than pretty much every team. I, I, all I'm saying well, no, is, no, no. But look at Michigan's schedule. Like, no, you're, 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 you're saying you're saying you're saying hands down Georgia's the best. And I'm telling you, I don't think that. I think you can make an argument that Oklahoma's better than Georgia. No, okay, I'll take Oklahoma better. I than think Georgia. you can make an argument. I tend, but don't tell me like schedules no, because if I you know. look at if you look at Michigan, Michigan has no. Beat anybody I'm just, I'm just all, all I'm saying, no, no. You're the one who said there's no question Georgia's better than you said. There's nobody, nobody's okay, gonna argue. That's all. That, that's all I'm saying. Maybe Oklahoma has a question. Like maybe yes. Oklahoma and I think, I think Ohio are. State too. I think Ohio State too because you go down to the recruiting rankings and you can look that Ohio State is young. Ohio State Ohio is young State, in this. Like, which Jeremy, we've seen this. We've seen this. We've seen this Ohio story repeatedly. Ohio State lost by twenty nine. So who's your number fourteen? No, no. You said who's no. better, but 
So who's number 14? Who's number 14? I already, already said Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. My bad. My bad. That's right. Ohio State. I'm going to say something to all Ohio State fans. I know you want to get into it. I'm just saying this right here. Point blank. Ohio State lost by 29. Wait a minute. Was it 10? Was it, it was 29. 20? It was 20. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 21, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ohio State lost by 29. Jeremy, Jeremy, do you, Jeremy do you know what one of our friends tried to say? To one of our Buckeye fans? 500 team. Do you know what one of our Buckeye friends said? I know what Zane said. <laughs> no, not Zane. Not Zane. You know what one of our Buckeye friends said? Zane? Okay. No, no. One of our Buckeye friends said, as soon as I saw that kid with cancer come out, I knew we didn't have a chance. No, no. By the way, I've heard that by a few people. Jeremy, few Jeremy, people. they're really blaming that loss on 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 the uh, for real, for real. They need yep. to be ashamed of themselves. They also, need to be, a f- yeah, yeah. They need to be ashamed of themselves, and there's no excuse. If you lost by a last second miracle, okay, maybe give it to the kid with cancer and his wishes, maybe. Okay, and I'm I don't happy believe that. And I, I believe, am and I, so beyond. I'm happy for that kid. He deserved yes. it. He deserved it. Yes, but yes, also, yes. they didn't win on a last second miracle. They beat you by 29, and you had no answer for their uh, for their oh, for. You didn't have any answer for Purdue. Five hundred Purdue, five hundred. Now, granted, I give them no. There's nothing I can give them. Twenty nine points. It's the second year in a row. Who, who so can't I, lose? Wait, wait, wait. I can't remember who do Oklahoma lose to. Their their rival at a neutral site game. No, no. no. What, what's Texas ranked? Um, put me on the spot. I don't remember right now. Right. All right. They were nine last week. Okay. Um, how much did they lose by? Oh, that's right. Three points. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> this is not a debate. Yeah. We can make this drama. Look, I get it. What I about UCF, Jeremy? What about UCF? Should UCF have an argument? They're, I, I mean, they're you undefeated. Know you know what? I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't be mad at UCF. UCF would be number seven. If those other two teams lost, I would let UCF in. It, I'm I'm really sorry. Or if McKin- not, what, if, what if McKenzie Milton hadn't gotten hurt? That's what I'm saying. I, I want to legitimately see, look here in the camera and say to you, I'm really sorry, UCF. Milton was in. If Milton was healthy, I feel you. He he's out. You and I both know. I'm sorry. I don't care if he was healthy or not, Jeremy. They don't play a power five schedule. No, they don't. Brandon, do you know what I want? I and I've been meaning to, meaning to say this for weeks and weeks. I would love. Nobody else is with me. I'm one of the sole people who feel this way. I would love to see UCF play Alabama. It's the it's the Cinderella. Versus the the for against the giant. Yeah, but see that's the thing. Like, and this goes back to what we're talking David about with West Virginia. And Goliath. Yes, and, and Goliath. And, and, da- the reason we love David and Goliath, the reason David is such a great story, the reason he's such a great story is because he wasn't supposed to win. Nine times out of ten, he doesn't win. Nine hundred ninety-nine times out of a thousand, he doesn't win. The reason we're still telling that story a thousand year later, two thousand years later, is because he won, but he never wins. UCF has no chance. They wouldn't beat Oklahoma. I they agree. They wouldn't I beat would Alabama. Love it. I would love it. 36 game winning no. streak. No. National championship team versus national championship yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love it. Alabama would come in so I was motivated. All for UC- I was Alabama all for UC- would come in so motivated to play yes, UCF. I was, I was so happy about UCF claiming a national championship last year. I thought it was it hilarious. Would, Brandon, I thought it was great Brandon, on Twitter. It would be uh, my dream for UCF to no, play. No, I loved it. I loved it. And I was okay with them claiming a championship because they were undefeated. Um, and, and I was okay with it. Can you imagine, Brady? Can you I imagine? didn't recognize him as such, Brady, but I, Brady, but I, Brady, I, I. Can you imagine them playing Alabama? Can you imagine that? Yeah. Because yeah. Alabama, so, I feel like, would be beyond motivated. Like, okay, you would have a parade and everything on all yeah. championships. No, I, I, I agree. I, I, I agree, wish, but. I wish they were in. Sorry, Milton, though. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. 
So, so we agree though. I, I agree with you, by the way, Oklahoma's in, they have a better resume. I think Oklahoma's a better team. I think if Ohio state played the same schedule with their defense, um, they put up, they give up the same kind of numbers. The way I know, because when they played TCU, now granted Turpin was not, was still healthy when they played TCU, but when they played TCU, TCU controlled, was in control of that game for most of that game until late. And then there were some turnovers that changed the tide of that game. And people were like, well, those play, uh, like Zane, for example, said it was like basically a home game for TCU. TCU, I believe, has 80,000 living alumni, I believe. 80,000, Jeremy. That's all they have yeah. living. Ohio State has Ohio State has 100,000 kids on campus right now. 100,000 on campus. Yeah. So don't tell me it was a home game. Uh, maybe logistically it was. But as far as the crowd goes, you, it was not a home game for, for TCU. That's right. You, um, you, Ohio State gave up 28 points. We gave up 10. We gave up 10, and our defense isn't great. You saw how many points we gave up to Oklahoma. Everybody saw that for display. Ohio State gave up 28 points, and that was when you still had Nick Bosa. So I don't I don't want to hear it. I just don't think it's close. I think I think Oklahoma for sure is in. And I'm not even saying that just because uh, I'm Big 12. I really am not. No, no, we're um, talking. Yeah. When I, when I looking at the stats, looking at the data, I, I just I'm sorry. It's very clear to me. And um no it's without and it's without question. It's without question. If we have to play they'll Indiana make a debate, Rutgers, they'll act come down to the end, they'll like be oh, so much drama. There's no drama. Oklahoma and, like, and, and you're in. And like uh, Dan Levitar was saying today, he was talking about the NFL. He said he feels like Kansas City, New Orleans, and the Rams uh, are flying space shot or flying uh, uh, spaceships, while the rest of the league is driving Flintstone cars offensively. <laughs> he said Sam Darnold and the Jets are still pedaling with their feet, <laughs> and that's how the Big Twelve is, in my opinion. The Big Twelve are flying spaceships. The way I know is because the NFL is stealing their stuff. How many times have you seen that tap pass that Dana ran with Taewon back in 2012 yep. in the NFL? Yep. Or 2011 and 2012 Orange Bowl. You see it all the time. That's just one play. That's just one example. The, the, and it's because I think a large part of it is, you know, part of it's just the culture, but they do stuff that's innovative. Uh, and I think guys like Ohio State, Alabama, they don't have to do as much innovative stuff because they've got better players, which is why the NFL doesn't innovate. They just try to minimize turnovers for the most part. They try to play discipline. And usually the team that doesn't make turnovers is the team that wins. Um, the funny thing they, about Alabama is uh, for years and years, Alabama used to play like these nine, six games, not because they couldn't score more points, but because why risk it on offense when you're not going to score on their defense? You yeah. only adjust when you have to. So like, what you're saying is a lot of teams don't have to adjust. Now we're in this age where things are moving, things are changing, and teams have to adjust. They have to get better. The NFL, you have to revolutionize. So what, what I'm saying is in the Big 12 especially because you've got a lot of yeah. these schools who don't have the, the pedigree that some of these Big 10 schools have. They don't have the, they don't have the um, enrollment that a lot of these Big 10 schools have or even Pac-12 schools or SEC schools. So you see innovation that you don't see in those other places. And I think um, you see that with Oklahoma because you get the innovation and the talent. So yeah. they don't have top five talent, but they've got top 10 talent and you see it because they have the, you know, the greatest offense in the history of uh, college football. So and and, uh, and real quick, before we wrap up, I'm be honest with you, not to be a hater, but I hope an NFL team takes Lincoln Riley. I'm be, I'm be honest with you. Oh my goodness. I hope the Browns take him. Hurry up and get out of here. I hope the Browns take him tomorrow. And anybody who doesn't agree with us is not a Mountaineer. Hurry <laughs> up and get out of here, Go. Lincoln Riley. And, and Texas fans agree with us. <laughs> There's a uh, reason why Bob Stoops retired, slash, they let him go, slash, he retired. Because Lincoln Riley's the truth. And I and look, tip of the cap for them to be able to see that. Because there's a lot of teams, a lot of organizations that can't let go of the past. They saw it, and, and I don't care what the reports were. Oh, he retired. No, he didn't. They wanted Lincoln Riley. They said, hey, you, you, you can retire or you can get fired. 
And Jeremy, Jeremy doing some deep diving on the investigative journalism right there. You know, uh, no, he, you know, most people say a source told me Jeremy didn't go sources. No, I ain't Jeremy got no just source. Knew, Jeremy just went with his gut. He just knows. He knows what happened in those in those back rooms. He knows. He knows exactly what's happening, to Norman. And Jeremy's got his finger on the pulse for Norman. We all so, know. We all. All right, know. Jay. Let's wrap this up. We're done with the college football play. We'll get to you in the next segment. Wrap me boys. Hey, this is Mark Bolger, former Mountaineer, always a Mountaineer. You're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Will Greer, does Willie G, Mountain Greer, as I called them, Morgantown royalty, the Greer family and its whole, specifically Will Greer and Gene Thang, Ms. Jean Marie Greer, do they end up in New York, Jeremy? Do we get to see Eloise, Gene, and Will sitting in any one of those front rows at the Downtown Athletic Club for the Heisman ceremony? <sighs> for, for many weeks, all the weeks I was sure we were, I knew, and I say we because we all a team, okay? Will we, uh, Greer family, we all a team. Don't forget us when you go pro. Don't forget us. We all a team. We a family. I was we're sure we were all going to be there. Um, Dwayne Haskins put on a show. I thought it was nice. I didn't think it was Willie Gre- Gre- Will Greer esque. Um, now I'm seeing this dude from Washington State. I honestly feel like Will should be there, and I think he will be there. But I'm left with more, like, I, I'm a little nervous. Like, we're recording this on Monday night. This is not going to come out till Thursday. But Tuesday, we're going to see where the ESPN votes go. I hope, I hope they can respect the fact that he put up, you know, close to 500 yards and five touchdowns yeah. in this last no, game. No, no, over, over 500 yards and five touchdowns. And I think, Jeremy, in my opinion, if there was a top five, Will will be a top five final. He'll finish top five. Yeah, 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 but look. And there's some years they take four, but they typically only take three. Right now, right now, they should take three because there's only one who's winning it. So, <laughs> oh, uh, nope. I, I used to think that. I think there. I think Kyler. I think Kyler stole some okay, votes. Okay, well, there's only two who's going to win it. There's it's, there's, it's the Kyler. Two. It's Kyler or Tua. Nobody. Yeah, it's and, Kyler and, or Tua. And for the record, and for the record, all year I've been. You can't touch Tua. I'm gonna be for real. I'm gonna be honest. That that's how you know I'm not a hater. If I had to vote right now. It's Kyler. I'm sorry. I, I vote for Kyler. Because like somebody else said, somebody said this today, and it, Pat Forty said it, and I completely agree with Pat Forty. He said on the Dan Patrick show, Jalen Hurts went undefeated with that same team down in Alabama. Same coach, yeah. same schedule. So we know it can be done with other quarterbacks and basically in the same style. Now, granted, I'm not telling you, Jalen, the point, he wasn't saying Jalen Hurts is as good as Tua. He's saying we've seen undefeated. It's not like it's not like Robert Griffin III taking Baylor and making them 11-1 and because we hadn't seen that before. I, I agree. Tua's not, doing any, Tua's not doing anything we haven't seen but somebody Kyler do. Kyler Murray, wait, wait, Baker Mayfield. Jeremy, Jeremy, his whole point, his whole point was we've seen somebody do that at Alabama. Tua also doesn't play the fourth quarter a lot because they put up such big numbers. The games haven't been closed for the for the most part this year. That's hurting. That's going to hurt um, Tua. Um, and you know, so so those things are going to hurt Tua. That said, Kyler has to be in every game because his team gives up as many points today as they score. So Kyler's got the stats that are superior to Tua's. Kyler's got a name brand with him. He's Oklahoma. Kyler went surpassed the Heisman totals from last year in the same exact offense with the same exact schedule as Baker. So you have a direct comparison. And Kyler in the primetime on Friday night made himself so known as, un- as unstoppable. I think Kyler I, is going to steal votes because people look at him as a guy who had to put his team on I, his shoulders. I, I put it like this. You put Kyler in, all, uh, in you know, our, Crim- our Crimson and White. Crimson put, and White. That's right. Crimson and White. And if you put, I, and if you put two in Crimson and Cream... There you go. There you go. I, I don't say that. I was going to, like, you know, get to it. But, yeah, if you, if you switch uniforms, I think Kyler is the better quarterback. 
He's faster. College quarterback. Well, no, period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, here's the thing. I've heard people say, well, he's not that accurate. Uh, where? Where? <laughs> I look, I, I watched he made, some, he made some bad throws, but not when they mattered. No, I seen Tua last game. I saw Tua overthrow yeah, some people two, and yes, throw some yeah, bad yeah. throws. I, I totally Kyler, agree. Look, look, Kyler, Kyler can play baseball, basketball, or football, okay? Only thing, like I said, he can't do is reach the top shelf. Other than that, oh. this dude can do whatever he wants. Or win a personality contest. There's something in the water out there, Norman. I can't stand those quarterbacks. But I got respect for him. I got nothing but respect for him. And shout out to Baker, too. I hate, hate Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield is represented at the Browns. But uh, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to give him his props and we'll move on. Uh, but I did hate what he did to Hugh, Lew- uh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackson. I thought it was unnecessary, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and I think Dwayne Haskins, people mentioned Dwayne Haskins. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is in the same breath as those other guys. I think Dwayne Haskins is really good, though. I, I think he can run and throw, and I think he's very accurate. He's got a good arm. And I also, uh, and I also think that it's, there's a difference when you see Dwayne Haskins in the Big Ten where nobody else runs this like high, up-tempo offense. Yeah. Okay, Penn State does a little bit. In the Big 12, everybody runs this offense. Everybody yeah. has this high-flying offense. Oklahoma State, who wasn't that great on, uh, 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 as a team, they were in the top 15 on, on total offense. Like, yeah. them dudes can put up points. West Virginia put up points. Like, you see those week in, week out. In the Big Ten, you don't see it. Yeah, not only do I not see it, but, I, I mean, Haskins, I mean, the Ohio State's offense is legit, but it's not as good as Oklahoma's. Yeah. Well, and their defense, I and I just I just think Haskins, um, Haskins' offensive line wasn't great either. So I, I, I'm okay with those five, because I think those five are the top five players in college football. And, I, and I've seen Drew Locke, and people love Drew Locke in Missouri. Yeah, I'm but sorry. don't go, but I, don't go to top five. There's only three going to New York. Don't get it so twisted. There I, I are don't, three going to New York. I think Will Greer goes. I think so, I think it's, I think it's Tua, Kyler, and Will Greer. And I think one of the things I think is very important is – before the season, who do they have? Who are they mentioning for the Heisman? Sure. That's yes. that matters a lot. And then, do you live up to it? And Will lived up to it. He did. Will didn't. Will didn't exceed it, but he lived up to it. And he had one less game to do it. Even and in think, the games, even in the games he lost, there's only one game this year that we lost that he didn't look good. Every other game, he looked um, great. From Oklahoma State, even to, to Oklahoma, even, and in his bad games, he looked great. I mean, his bad games, mm. he threw for three. His mm. bad, I mean, except for Iowa State, okay, his bad games, he threw. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. One. He threw for three hundred yards and three touchdowns against Kansas, three hundred plus and three touchdowns against Kansas, and people yeah. are knocking him like he had a bad game. That's a bad game for Will. Uh, but anyway, so I mean, because he had two turnovers, but still, I, Kansas got turnovers against everybody. They led the they led the conference in turnovers. Um, Will was just fantastic this year, and I think he lived up to it. And then I think you have the story. He's West Virginia royalty, but they're also they're also social media royalty. Like he's it's bigger than just Will. Like you yeah. saw you saw the highlighting ABC did of his family. Our yeah, ABC did, it was ABC or Fox. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They highlighted his family, and that kind of stuff plays into the story because you got to remember the Heisman Trophy presentation is a, is a TV show. Yeah, it is. It is, and yeah, I think it, that I think that helps his case. Um, uh, I think Dana helps his case because the media loves Dana. Um, yeah. And I think I think all that stuff helps, but on top of the fact that Will deserves it, and Will gets my vote. I think if you put Will at Alabama, uh, I think you put Will oh. at, at Oklahoma. He's not going to put the rushing yards of Kyler, but I think he puts up better passing numbers. I think he's more accurate than Kyler. I I um I think Oklahoma had the best offensive line in the country. I feel like if Will went to Alabama, he could do a lot of stuff very similar to Tua. Yeah, one hundred percent, and they would definitely be undefeated. Um, and they would definitely be number one. Yeah. But, yep. but and Jeremy's holding back because he don't want to say, but he's not as good as Kyle. <laughs> Ain't nobody said that. I mean, I mean yeah. Like and that's okay. But, Will, but Will, said, Will said he felt honored to be mentioned in the same breath as Tua and Kyler. 
So Will gives him that same kind of respect. And it's hard. I mean, you got a guy who's... <laughs> I'm, you got saying, a guy who's a, I'm trying to... I'm nah, trying to... Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to play. Sorry, sorry. Keep, 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 keep it myself. Got to keep I it a thousand. Look, got I said he was Alabama. He could be two Okay. Hey, but we, we dragged this out long. You can tell I haven't been on the show in a while. I had a lot of talking to do. I had a lot of catching up. I appreciate everybody. I appreciate everybody checking in on me. Making sure I was okay. Uh, really do shout out to everybody. There are people who DM me, who message me privately. Uh, you know, so I, I appreciate that. Respect to you guys. Uh, I'm, everything's okay. I'm doing all right. Uh, everything's getting back to normal. Back on the show, and we got a big surprise for you. We've been teasing this for months. Huge. Uh, it got delayed. Huge. But we're gonna announce it. We will announce it uh, coming up. We're gonna let you guys know some big, Should but not on next. this show. Should be next Monday, but I'm, be I'm, next pumped. Monday. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So how about your boys, RBK? Hey, listen, if we said something you didn't like, you know, or we said something that you'd like to forget, just please don't ever forget. We also hate Pitt. How about your boys? Hail West Virginia. Podcast Network.